What's up, Sideline Story family? This is uh, season three with your boy Justin Benson. I got a special guest with me today, my brother, man, Zach Williams. Uh, I know my frat brother, family, you know, all that. Um, We're going to see if this podcast rolling. First, my boy Zach, man, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, man, like you said, my name is Zach Williams, man. <clears throat> uh, currently a D-line coach, um, an assistant a basketball coach at Hewittown High School. Man, I also do some personal training on the, on my on the side. Excuse me. Um, it's called TMT, Trench Mob Training. Uh, just training D linemen in the Birmingham, so surrounding areas uh, like outside linebackers and things like that. Just specializing in defensive line play. Uh, I'm a Mississippi boy, man. Uh, I was actually born in Birmingham, uh, but moved back to Mississippi where both of my parents are from. Uh, when I, uh, before I was one years old. Um, so I grew up in Mississippi, played some college ball in Mississippi, Juco ball, Candy, well, brought me back to UAB. I mean, to Birmingham, I was playing at UAB, um, played three years there, uh, finished up my playing career, and then got into coaching, man. So Appreciate it. Sounds good, man. So growing up in Mississippi, man, like, what's the competition like? You know, I, I know in Alabama, everybody want to be the, you know, the next great Alabama player. So how is it in Mississippi? Right. Uh, Mississippi, man, is very similar. Um, I'll say this, you know, I'm, I'm coaching on the high school level now, and then, like I said, played on the college level. The only difference between Mississippi and Alabama, I will feel like, and I might be biased, but Mississippi just got a different type of dog. I'm going to say it like that. Not saying Alabama doesn't have dogs, because they definitely do. We, I, I faced, my first two years of coach, I faced some of some of the best ones and also coach one of the best ones, you know? Mm-hmm. So Alabama definitely had, has dogs, but I think the mentality that comes with a guy or a player, whether it's a girl or a boy, whatever sport um, from Mississippi, I think it's a chip on your shoulder. I think it's less resources, you know, less coaches would rather come to Alabama and recruit a kid because they can make a stop at Auburn, Bama to talk to Nick Saban or whatever and hit all these big schools, Hoover's, the Thompson's, yeah. you know, in Mississippi nationally ranked, or nationally notarized, you might have one school, you know, like a South Panola or something like that that was like ranked number one in the nation for so many years and yeah. undefeated. So, you know, coaches will stop through there, <clears throat> you know, but I, I just feel like Mississippi kids like, okay, cool, they're overlooking us. We got mm-hmm. a chip on our shoulder. I think that it, they play with a different type of dog. I feel it. A different type of drive. Oh, yeah, I definitely feel it, man. Growing up, man, what what sports did you play? I know, I know of course, you, you stoke with football, but – what other sports right. did you play growing up? My first ever sport, I, the first sport I ever played was actually soccer. So soccer was my was my first sport. And it's crazy how it all tie in. And soccer was nothing. I was a big kid, so of course I played like goalie. Uh, but soccer, I didn't know anything about the sport. Really, really just, you know, I'm from a little small community. So about 10 minutes up the road is like the, the city where the Walmart and everything is. And that's kind of where the... The little league, you know, the baseball, the soccer, the basketball, and stuff like that was 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 uh, taking place. And they, they, it took a minute for them to even get football started up. But the first one was like, okay, everybody has the baseball. Like baseball is going to like America's pastime. You know, yeah. every city going to have some type of little league baseball, t-ball, and then they started soccer. So I played soccer first. Now I played t-ball and baseball. I stopped playing baseball probably after like two or three years. Mm. Uh, I just wasn't interested. I think it was just too slow for me. Yeah, for I was sure. always, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so, so soccer helped me out a lot as a kid, just being a, a bigger kid when I was younger, like footwork. Like, I was always, like, one of the fastest in my class. 
believe it or not, like even as a big guy, like I was moving. Just I think yeah. soccer helped help my footwork. And then transition, like I said, I played baseball for a few years. Like, just wasn't interested at that time. I ended up start back playing like middle school and high school for a few years. Then I stopped again just to focus on football. Um, I played those two. Um, let me see what else. Uh, I did a little track and field in high school. Uh, field events, of course, just bigger guys. We, power, we have powerlifting in Mississippi, so I did powerlifting. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, um, basketball and football were my main two. Uh, those were the two that I did my 11 and 12 grade year with a little track and field, you know, just to help out. Uh, in the field events, but man, basketball and football were my main two, man. So, okay. and of course, played college, collegiate uh, football. So, yeah. So, when did it hit you, man? Like, football is the sport that I have a future in past high school because everybody, you know, play at their like local high school, but like everybody don't got what it take to be a collegiate athlete. So, when did it hit you, like, man, I can really do this? Oh, man. It hit me. <sighs> I'm going to say it like this, man. I started playing the game of football at the age of eight. Mm-hmm. So that's when I played my first year. We called it Pee Wee Football. Yeah. I was in third grade. And I, it's funny, ironically, man, I was just talking with some of my um, coaching friends in the field um, about this today. We were talking about Lily. I was like, man, I, I haven't told a lot of people this, but my first year of Pee Wee Football wasn't the best year. And I mean, it wasn't the best year, you know. You know, historically, I'm known for, you know, Zach always been good. He been this, you know, hard hitter, you know. Yeah. This, that, that. My first year at Pee football, I was eight years old. I barely knew what offense, defense was, what the difference was, you know. You know, my dad just signed me up, said, you want you want to play? Like, yeah, cool, let's try it. Like I said, I had tried everything else. Like, just go see if I like it. Mm-hmm. And that first year, I was eight. And the way they did our teams, man, I was playing like 10, 11-year-olds. Cause they just divided the teams up. You yeah. know, it wasn't like an age group. Mm-hmm. And this when we had our own league in just the city. Yeah. So like I said, it was far enough. So they didn't really partner with any other organizations to go play different teams in different cities. So like I remember playing guys that graduated like two years before me. Oh, that's you know, tough. That's eight tough. Years old. So yeah. I'm out there. I'm in the trenches. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they threw you to, to the wolves. <laughs> right. And, and man, when I was younger, I still am, but I've learned to control it. Man, I was super competitive. So I hated to lose. Mm-hmm. Not hated like, you know, I, I was I just like felt like, man, this is not right. You know, so it's not a good feeling to lose. So that first year of Pee-wee Ball, man, was like super rough on me. Now after that, I found myself. You feel me? That next season I found myself. I made my identity, you know, name buzzing, you feel me? Everybody know me in the little league realm. Okay, yeah. cool, that's little league. You know. Me older now, looking back on it, it's nothing. It was little league. Like, everybody's good in little league. Yeah. With the middle school, same thing. I was pretty good in middle school. You know, high school. I, in Mississippi, I, go, I went to a small school, so I got to play varsity. After my five-game middle school schedule, eighth grade year, I got to play varsity. So I actually started and went to the first round my eighth grade year. So I started a first-round playoff game. You feel me? Yeah. Still then, I'm out there just having fun, bro. I'm, I'm out there just playing ball. Like, it's not really hitting me that, like, hey, you're playing on the varsity level. I'm out there with my friends. Like, two or three of us that were pretty good in middle school that were big enough to go move up. And we just, like, hey, we, we out here playing, bro. We just having fun doing the same thing we've been doing since Little mm-hmm. League. You know, that's ninth grade, eighth grade year. Ninth grade year, about the same. Went to the first round again. Um, and then 10th grade was, like, the worst season I ever had. In high school, because we my the schools in my county, we had four schools in the county, and we consolidated the two. So basically, some of my athletes left with other schools. We got 
inherited some athletes from us, you know, say another one A school, mm-hmm. you know, some of the kids didn't want to be there, some of the kids didn't want to play for the coach. It was just a big mess. But we only won two games that year, man. Oh, that's tough. So you feel me? That's my that's my ten grade year. We only I just went off for winning eight, seven to eight games my eight grade year, nine games like eight or nine games my nine grade years, going to the first round, and then my ten grade year, we only win like two. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we getting killed. You know what I'm saying? So that's my 10th grade year. 11th grade year, you know, we get better. Still, my guys that's in my graduate class, class of 2014, I get better. You know what I'm saying? And we win maybe six games that year. So we improve from two to six games. I think we're like 500 or something. Yeah. Like five and five, six, and, you know what I'm saying? Six, like six and five, something like that, somewhere around there. Like I said, we just stuck with it and grinded it out. And actually, that year we played the star safety for the uh, Oakland Raiders, Jonathan Abrams. Mm. He's like the hard. He, he, if he's not the hardest hitting safety in the league right now, he's he top two, top three. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Played that man firsthand as 11th grade, and he was like that. He like was a year that. under me, so he was in the 10th grade. Yeah. Played quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Played receiver, safety. He was playing everything. Anything you need. Come from a two-way school, man. He signed with Georgia out of high school, so that just goes to tell you the type of talent that's in Mississippi and these. Country towns, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, play him my uh, my 11th grade year in football. And then my 12th grade year was my best year of varsity. We made school history. Won the first. We called them districts in uh, Mississippi instead of regions. So, won the district championship. Won like 10 games, 10 and two. Lost in the second round by one point. You know what I'm saying on the controversial call, bro. Like, yeah, and that be the toughest oh, ones though. That be the toughest ones when it's like you put in the ref hands oh, and it go the wrong this way. Thing. Listen, it, let me tell you to play that. It's two plays. One play, we punt, we keep the ball. It was a punt or a kickoff. Dude fielded it on his knee. But the ref said he had both his knees off the ground. He was down. He took it across field, scored it. They oh, called it wow. They take, that play, they take that play away, they don't go score. You know what I'm saying? We win by touchdown. Yeah. But we still had a chance to win. Later on in the game, we dropped the two-point conversion pass. Ah, uh, yeah. You know Man, that play still play on my. That was my last high school game. You feel me? Yeah. So it hurt the most. That was a tough. That was a tough going. But we made history, bro. You know, so we would probably go down as the best team in school history. Yeah. Um, they haven't even got close to that yet. You know what I'm saying? Just, just being young and stuff like that. So to answer your question, when did I realize it? Still didn't realize it then. <laughs> still didn't realize it. Like crazy stat. Senior year at 16 total sacks. 16 sacks in 12 games. Mm-hmm. So I was top five in the state in sacks. And I'm like, bro, what my offer? What my offer? I had like one offer. It was to Bellhaven, which was at the time was like a D3 academic school. Yeah. <clears throat> I had a high GPA at 3.8, qualified. So it was like, we finna get this kid because, you know, he's good, good in school. Like, we finna steal him. Ain't nobody gonna offer him. Yeah. Like, I, like I said, I, got, I had 16 sacks. And in my head, one of my, uh, one of my, I would say one of my best mentors that I talk to just about every day. He was my head basketball coach, Coach Chris Blussaw. And uh, he loved football too. He was like, Z, man, just go out there and play. Just play and whatever happens, going to happen. So after the football season, I went went to him in basketball. We made some history, man. Made a run in basketball. You know what I'm saying? And after that season, season ending in, what February? Well, no, yeah, right, February. Yeah. So I would say like after December, 
going in going into the second part of the basketball season, like I only had like one offer, two offers now, like a Bell Haven and a JUCO. Then I got like two more offers. So I end up then two more. So I end up end up with like eight. You know what I'm saying? Most of them were JUCOs. And you know what I'm saying? I had like some D2s and I was like, bro, what should I do? Should I take the D two route? Or I had I take that I had D one sweat. Uh, D1 FCS was like Jackson State Alcorn, yeah, which was popping at the moment. You know, Alcorn was was getting things rolling. Uh, Jack State wasn't as bad, you know, at the time. And I'm just like, bro, what am I gonna do? And I sat down with him, man. He was like, man, just bet on yourself. I said, I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the long road. You feel me? I'm, I took the JUCO route. Mm-hmm. When I took that JUCO route and I signed that that first Wednesday in February in 2000. Uh, fourteen. Like that was the day I was like, man, I'm finna bet on myself. Like mm-hmm. I, I think I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just went on with my thing. So it it really took my whole career for me to say, hey, I can do this. Of course, I love football my whole life, man. Everybody wants to go to the league and all that. But just coming from where I'm coming from, it's unheard of to go play college ball. Yeah. Like, I was the first guy to sign. I signed in 14. The class before that, the only class that signed somebody before that was 2010. And then before that, who knows? Yeah. You know, it's unheard of. But since I've signed, it's been a trend. Been at least one or two guys signing going somewhere. So I would say it took my whole career from eight years old to 17, 18 year old, year old, you know what I'm saying? Senior high school to say, hey, I'm going to bet on myself. I think I can go do this. So. Mm-hmm. So with that, man, you kind of brought up the next question about like, how was your recruiting process stressful or, or how did you? Take all of it in. Like, was it just like I'm a bet on myself? Once you realized it, and let's go get to work. So, you, so like, I, like I said, I did touch on a little bit. High school was stressful at first, mm-hmm. but like I said, after I had that talk with Coach Bloodsaw, I, I was like, man, forget it. Let me lock in on basketball. If a school offered me a school, I knew I had a school I can go to. You know, it might not be where I wanted to go, but I was going to have a, a, a free education. I was going to go play ball. Mm. So I said, stop stressing over trying to get these. I was, I'm was, i still a Florida fan, Gator fan. And in my head, I was like, man, I'm going to get this Florida off. I'm going to get this Florida off. Yeah. You know, I got 16 sacks, man. They going to come off of me. They going to come off of me. Mississippi mm-hmm. State going to come off of me. Oh, Miss going to come off of me. No. <laughs> Didn't come see me. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm, I'm feeling overlooked. I'm, I'm stressed out about that. Like I said, I just said, forget it, man. I'm just going to lock in on basketball, enjoy my senior year. That was the biggest thing. I'm, I'm going to enjoy my senior year. I didn't have that many classes. I had like two classes. I started taking some of my college credits. You know, my mom, thank, shout out to my mom for that, man. She kind of put me on the right track to kind of be successful. Once I got to that level and I didn't even see it at the time, I'm like, man, I only got two classes. Why well, I got to go to this college and take this remote class and do all that? Yeah. Uh, so, like, the, the, the recruiting process was stressful in high school. But I would say uh, the most stressful was JUCO. Uh, when I got to junior college, and it started early, I was already qualified. So the rule is if you're qualified going to junior college, you really only have to do a semester. Mm-hmm. After your freshman year, you can leave without anybody saying anything. If somebody offers you a scholarship and they, they're willing to let you sign right then, you can leave. So high school was stressful at the time, but I was I was foreign to the recruiting process, what the NCAA recruiting process was and what it took to be eligible. Once I got to high school, I had to start off from ground. I mean, once I got to JUCO, I had to start off from ground zero. Um, so I would say that the junior college uh, recruiting process was way stressful, way more stressful. Yeah. So with with that, man, how did you get 
to UAB? Like you went to JUCO, went did you sign after that first semester or your first, you know, semester playing at the JUCO or how did that story work out for you? And this is the story, man. Like I might have a lot of people don't know this, like they just see it on social media, like Zach went from Lee County High School to Colin Community College to UAB to coaching. Cool. Real nice and smooth. You yeah. feel me? But this is what happened. Like I said, I already told you about the, the high school. Signed with my junior college. Um, shout out to Coach Davis. Coach Land Davis. He's a former coach of Mississippi State. He's still the head coach there now. Gave it a chance to a boy from Linden, Mississippi. Man, I thank him for that every day, man. Real humble guy. He humbled me. Um, that whole junior, junior college process was humbling. You go from being the guy to being one of the guys. You know, small fish in a big pond. Yeah. That was a humbling experience, and I'm glad I took that route. I'm glad I took the long road, not the, you know what I'm saying, not the easy road. Um, played two years there. So, like I told you, I was a qualifier. I played my first year. The only game I didn't start both years, I understand two years, but the only game I didn't start my first ever game, I played I played 12 snaps. I remember to, like like it was yesterday. Played 12 snaps total. I went back and watched the film. 12 snaps total. So I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to be my whole freshman year. Like, I'm playing with guys that bouncing back from Georgia. My starting D-line was Nose, Iowa State. He won newcomer of the year when he transferred. My one defense end with the Mississippi State. My other DM was a bounce back from Georgia Dang. and ended up signing with Bama. So I had 6'4", six, 6-foot six Nose. Six six, no, I mean DN. Like I had some dogs in front of me, nationally ranked kid. You know what I'm saying, guys. Yeah, they were only a year ahead, a year older than me. You know what I'm saying. I'm coming there as a freshman, and I'm like, well, I'm probably gonna be on the bench. You know, I'm just gonna learn, learn the, you know, the defense or whatever. Second game of the year, we played East Mississippi. They were ranked number one in the nation at the time. They had like Chad Kelly. They had an amazing team. Like that team probably had ten NFL guys on it. On the drink college team. Yeah. That's, how, that's how stacked they were. That's tough. It was my freshman year. Now, we ended up beating my sophomore year. But my freshman year, when they had Chad Kelly, they were as good as advertised. So, that was my first game starting, and I started every game since. Long story short, balled out my freshman year. We went to the state championship and lost them again. So, we ended up playing the second game of the year, ended the championship and lost to them. Balled out, made all state, all that. Got ranked. Got like a three-star. That was my freshman year. I had, didn't have this in high school. I was zero stars. So I'm like, I'm up now. I'm feeling up. Yeah. Got a few offers. I think my first two offers going to the spring were Louisville and South Alabama. Uh, went on to visit South Alabama in the summer. You know, it's about three hours away from my crib in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So it's not far. My folks could come to me. And they was like, man, why don't you come on and visit this summer? They were bringing a lot of JUCO guys in. Um. Uh, Love to visit. Long story short, love to visit. It was everything I wanted to be. Was around some good coaches, good players that were gonna come there. That Sunday of my visit, I committed. I'm like, man, I'm coming. Coach come in, one of Cisco come in, he whispered something in the head coach ear. I'm like, oh man, something went wrong or something like that. He like that, man. You didn't tell me you was a qualifier. He's like, hey, right now you can sign it right now and come. You report in two weeks. Like my heart dropped. I'm like, two weeks, man. That's a drastic change. Like right. I ain't told nobody. Like, <laughs> my head coach, my head coach, Juco, gonna be like, what? I'm losing my all state linebacker, 
Like, he'll be happy for me at the end of the day, but he was like, man, this in the middle of summer. Like, we working out. Right. We ready to go make this push for a state championship again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, what do I do? He like, man, all right, we're going to give you like a week to think about it. He said, between you and this high school kid, the high school kid didn't make his test score, so they had a scholarship ready. Long story short, I know it was God. The kid passed his test on the next time he took it. Well, he was waiting on the test to come back, and that test came back, he passed. Mm. I said, man, don't worry about it. We'll get you after the season. So I ended up coming back. Stacking up some more offers like MTSU, Mississippi, I mean, not Mississippi State, Southern Miss, Minnesota. Uh, I had like Kentucky, Vanderbilt, stuff like that. So, like I said, I'm from a small town now, so people can find out information fast. So they feel like, man, look, Zach blowing up. Mm-hmm. He got Big Ten offers, all this, you know what I'm saying? Sophomore year, first game, I catch I catch an uh, interception. We win the game. I catch an interception. I'm going up the sideline. I try to make a move on the running back. And you you know how running backs is when they tackle trying to make a tackle, they just gonna hit you low. Yeah. So I knew he was gonna hit me low. I, I kind of spent and he hit me cool. I get up, celebrate, everything cool. I get to the sideline, sit down. Defense coordinator make up a still. We got one more drive to go. I get up, and my knees like locked. Can't unlock it. I'm like, that's weird. Like, I just ran to the sideline. I ain't get hurt. Locked up. Tore my meniscus. Long story short, tore my meniscus. Didn't even know it. So I played through that. It's nine games in the regular season in junior college. So I played through that like six, seven games. And got to the point where it was so bad, like, I couldn't even run. You know? Unfortunately, we had, you know what I'm saying, eliminate ourselves from making the playoffs because we beat East Mississippi. We were ranked number one for like six weeks. But in junior college, Especially in Mississippi, if you lose two games in your division, it's over with. Mm-hmm. Only the top two teams in your division make it. So we had some crazy stuff happen, some, some crazy stuff happen, and we ended up losing towards the end of the year. Guys got hurt, banged up. It just went from a great year at the beginning. Like the first five, six games was great. It was the number one team in the nation. Yeah. And then it went down and lost, and we just went off the planet, you know, face of the earth. So I told my meniscus, had to have surgery, bro. All the schools like, man, you a JUCO guy, you hurt. I'm like, man, I didn't turn my ACL, it's just my meniscus, like four week recovery. No, awful pull, awful pull. Can't come, can't come. I'm stressing. This is why it was the stressful, most stressful. I went from being up to all the way down. So now I'm down, and I'm like a regular Douglas dude. Like, you look on 247, he's number five outside linebacker in the nation, right? All these offers, and folks don't even know behind closed doors. Like, I'm over here stressing. Yeah. Trying to find out where I'm going to go. Man, it came down to Southeast Missouri State, which is a D1 FCS, and UAB. And it really was just Southeast Missouri because UAB was on me, on me, on me. I started blowing up. They kind of faded off. I still kept, I still kept in contact with them, but kind of fell off. Man, I remember like yesterday, I hit up, I hit up the coach again. Like, coach, man, my office still good, all that. He said, I'm going to get back with you in the morning. I'm on the road with crew. He called head coach, Coach Bill Clark, said, man, if Williams want to come, his spot's still good. He called me in the, day, the next day. I said, I, I committed. He didn't go a visit, didn't go on a visit, no nothing. I said, I'm coming. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. said, I'm coming. That's all I had left. Yeah. I walked out on faith. You know what I'm saying? Like, Southeast Missouri was like, man, we give you this, 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 this. I just said, man, this is my biggest offer. I'm going to make an opportunity out of it. Yep. Now, granted, they had the year off, and I knew with my knee injury, you know, that was going to give me time to recover. So I, that was the main focus at the time was getting back healthy. So that's kind of how I ended up UAB, man. Like, long story short, like, 
It was God, bro. Yeah. Like, it, that's where I was supposed to go the whole time. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I like that story, though. That, that really shows people that you got to have faith in God. Like, no matter what's going on, no matter how up you are, no matter how down you are, God, the only one that got a plan for you. So I love that story, man. So right. man, we are going to UAB. What was the atmosphere like? What what's one of your you know some of your big moments that you remember that you'll never forget? Just playing football. Man, I would say atmosphere wise, man, like it changed. Like I was there from January 2016 to like I'm still in Birmingham now, but I played throughout the 18 season. So I was there three total seasons. You know, you Birmingham is a, is, a, is a great city. So the, the college atmosphere, when I got there from a junior college now, like we in junior college, yeah. staying in dorms and, you know, it's not really much party. I, I never was a party type of guy, excuse me. Never been like a party type of guy. Like in junior college, never went to a party. <laughs> like never went to a party, but I was that locked in. Like yeah. when I told myself I was going, I, I had to lock in. Like my coach told me it was all books and ball, books and ball. And that's how, that's how I approached it. Mm-hmm. And that was the only way I made it out because it's easy to get distracted at junior college because you have nothing to do. Yeah. So it's either get in trouble or get distracted. So I was locked in on that. Got the UAB, experienced a little bit more of the college life. Man, the atmosphere was great. Birmingham was a great city. It's enough and not too much. I kind of compare it to Atlanta. Like, Birmingham got everything you need, but it ain't too much. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It ain't Atlanta or Miami or anything like that. Like, you got enough where you can say, oh, it's enough to do here. We don't stand, but I kind of stay out of the way. Yeah. That's why I like about Birmingham and UAB as a whole. Like, the university is in the middle of the city anyway. So, you get a you get a good taste of the city life, man. Uh, I think some of my greatest moments at UAB uh, will probably come with just just being just being named in that UAB football tradition. As most people probably don't know, in 2014, the, the program was taken away was taken away. Excuse me. Uh, it was reinstated in 15, and I signed the 16 class. So my 16 class, all those JUCO guys. You know, once we signed, we got on campus. Our first spring practice, we only had 50 people on the roster. So we started from ground zero. Yeah. We were the, we were the OGs. Mm-hmm. You signed spring, if you signed in December 2015, can you have been 2016, you considered an OG. Like, you started the return yeah. is what it's called. You know what I'm saying? So we stuck it out. Some of us didn't stick it out. I saw some of, some of my team as I signed would leave and go on to do better things. So I saw some of them leave and, and go down the wrong path. Uh, but still to this day, man, they're my brothers because, man, we, we came in, we all walked on faith. We all took a big leap of faith. A lot of us supposed to be in power five schools and all, you know what I'm saying? So I would say some of my, one of my greatest moments was signing there <clears throat> and embracing the, the grind, you know, just just being a part of that. He's like, nobody can ever take that away from me. Yeah. I- uh, you know, just restarting that football program. Another thing, 17, our first year, we went to a bowl game. That was only the second bowl game in school history. Went to the uh, Bahamas Bowl. Ended up losing that. Got a, got a ring for that one. And then that next year, we just locked in and said, hey, bro, we didn't even give our all this year. We won eight games. I think it was eight games. Yeah, eight or nine. Yeah, eight games. I think we went eight and five. We didn't even win all our – we didn't even give our all. We won eight games and went to a bowl game. Let's lock in. We locked in that whole spring, that whole summer. Just grinding. Learn how – I learned – the most from them guys like learning how to hold each other accountable, show tough love. That next year, winning won the conference championship, got a ring for that, and winning won the bowl. So I was like, we got the first bowl win in school history, uh, first conference championship in school history. 
you know, top ranked, we was top 10 defense and total defense, top five in the sack. So we were just putting on numbers, nationally ranked, you know what I'm saying? We, I, was, I had probably the most fun that year by playing ball. It was just fun. Yeah. Football was the, the best it's been since like high school. Look, you know what I'm saying? I was just out there having fun. So I would say those three moments within itself, I think, were like some of my best UAB moments. Just having those two rings to hold for the rest of your life and just know that you're a part of some great history uh, behind a great head coach and Bill Clark, who, you know, is one of the most respected coaches in the game right now, no yeah. matter the level. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So just to be able to say I can call him anytime as a reference or just to say that's my that was my head coach uh, is a blessing. So I would say as far as the atmosphere – and, and just some of my greatest month at UAB, I would say it was those, man. That's good, man, for sure. Once you graduated from UNA, I mean UAB, man, like, what made you decide, like, yeah, I want to be a coach? Like, I know a lot of people who who play sports don't always be the best coaches. So, like, what made you, what made you think, like, yeah, let me go out here and be a coach? For anybody listening that won't or thinks they want to coach or is playing right now, be like, yeah, I'm automatically be a coach. No. It's not that easy. It's completely different. You can be the best player ever, but you can be the worst coach. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why. Um, well, I take, I answer your question first. What, when I graduated, what what made me decide? So, like I said, had a previous knee, knee injury in, uh, in junior college, got that healthy. And then towards the end of the 18-year, my body was just – it was just aching. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. my body was just beat up. My knee was giving me a little problem. Like, I didn't tear anything again, but it was just sore. Giving me a lot of problems. You know, my, my my journey through UAB went from coming in as an inside linebacker to going to the outside linebacker to going to D-line, play all positions. You know what I'm saying? I, I felt like I, at, some, at one point in my career there, I wanted to leave because I I didn't feel like I was getting a fair shot or was given a chance to kind of develop at one position. It just kept flipping me around because I was just so versatile. I was that yeah. versatile. Same way in junior college, it was a little different, though. You know, my D.C. would put, try to put me anywhere I could make a play just because he wanted me to go make a play. But when I got to UAB, I was like, man, I'm balling at this position, but then they switched me. So now I got to learn a whole new position, a whole new responsibility. And I feel like that was giving me the short end of stick. But in hindsight, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for it because now it gives me versatility as a coach um, because I can coach just about any position in the box on the defensive side of the ball. Um but yeah, man, like I was playing eighteen years, we was playing, we was making a run. You know, you play twelve game regular season, then we played the then we played the conference game, that's thirteen. Fourteen was the uh was the bowl game and that was like two days before Christmas. Yeah. So I've been grinding since January, workouts, practicing in March, spring I mean, yeah, spring workouts, then summer workouts, June and July, hit the season in August. September, I told November, December, I'm almost January. I'm almost going from, I'm almost going, you know what I'm saying, from January. January is straight. Yeah. Bro, and between that, bro, we probably had, in the summer, we probably had, probably total from January to December, bro, we probably had maybe four weeks all total. Mm. So maybe a month. Yeah. My body was tired. And I had been at UAB, that was my third year. 2016 year, I went through a whole spring and fall camp and fall season. We were just practicing each other, just grinding, bro, with no nothing to gain from it, yeah. you know. And that just goes to show how much how mentally challenged we were, you know, as some some 20 year olds straight out of JUCO where we didn't have people hardly had anything to eat. So now you're getting 
three meals in the cab and all that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. mentally I was fatigued. Physically I was especially I was fatigued. Got to the point I sat down one day, I was like, man, if I'm gonna make a run for this league, I just wanna go to a pro day. League was still in my in my, in my sights. But once you get older, you get more realistic with yourself <clears throat> and you know what it takes. To get to the league, it's a little bit you gotta be blessed. I hate to say it like this, but you gotta have a little luck too. Teams yeah. gotta want your position. Like your position has to be wanted. It's a lot of facts that go into it. It's not because, oh, he's just cold, bro. He's going to the league. No. That does not transition over, bro. It's whatever the team needs, the team that's drafting, whatever that time, yeah. spots they need, that's what they're getting. Just because you a five star quarterback, you know, or the number one quarterback on the you know what I'm saying on the board, that don't mean you're gonna go to the league. Yeah. You know, or no or take it back. No more quarterback in, the, in your conference. That means you're going to go to the league. Yeah. So they might true. take third or fourth in another conference because he fit that system better. That's another thing. You got to be able to fit that team system. You got to be able to play the position that they play and do the, do the different responsibilities they do on each side of the ball. So sat down and looked at all those factors, man. I was just like, I don't want to train for three months, give my all if I can't give my all, if that makes sense. Like, I knew my body was tired. I was mental. I needed a break. I was like, I think it's time you just hang them up. Been playing since I was eight. You know what I'm saying? Played yeah. till I was 22. 14 years of career, bro. I was, I walked away from the game happy. A lot of people back home was like, man, Zach, you didn't give it a shot. You didn't give it a shot. Like, look, they know, bro. As you've heard, just bits and pieces of like my story from when I left high school, bro, has not always been glamorous. No. You know, and, but people don't see that. People see the outside. They, they look from the outside looking in. But if you were in my circle, <clears throat> you know, looking from the inside out, you knew like, when I said I was done, they was like, okay, I see why. I know why. You know what I'm saying? Hell of a career. So once I decided that, got to talking to Coach Clark. He gave me an opportunity as a grad assistant first. So I grad, I was a grad assistant on the defense side of ball in the weight room from January to like July. We held the mega camp at UAB. I met my current boss there, shook his hand. He said he needed a D-line coach. I really He said he needed a D-line coach. Sent him my resume. You know, talk to, to some more of my mentors. They're like, man, this is a chance for you to make a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. Build your resume. I walked out on faith again. Took the job, man. I'm still here to this day. Just finished up my second season at, at, at Hewittown High School, man. So that just, I, I, I knew my calling was to give back all the knowledge I had gained. Over those 14 year career, I gained a lot of knowledge. I, I learned a lot about, a lot about, I, I thought I knew a lot about football, but I continued to learn more. The better talent, because <clears throat> I, was, I was around some great talent at both institutions that I was at. At Colleen, I played with some guys that's still playing the league right now. At B, I got guys that's in the league that were my teammates. Yeah. People that I ran sprints with, I, you know, blood, sweat, and tears with. So, you know, I played through them, man. It's probably why you see me on my social media. I'm sharing everybody I know. They're like, man, Zach, you know, this person up, but I do. I, I, I share some type of bond with that person because it run that deep. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If I call you my, if I call you my friend or my brother or my teammate, run that deep to death. You feel me? That's how I looked at. It. That's how I treated my teammate. That's how Coach Clark taught us. You know, what I'm saying to treat our teammates. You know, we need to be a family first. He, that's yeah. all he emphasized was family. So, you know, uh, <clears throat> that's what led me to coaching. Man, got the coaching, and I can't say I have any regrets. Bro, I, you know, me and you talk about this all the time. When you when you got started, you know, and I gave you my advice, like, bro. It's something you really want to do in your heart, and you go enjoy. And I, I, I can say I, I really have enjoyed it, man. My two years so far. Yeah, man, I, I feel the same way, man. I just started, like you said, and bro, I love it every day. You learn, you, you, you learn something from kids every day, especially now. Like 
of course, it's different generations, but you you learn from them just as much as they learn from you. So I love it every day, man. I guess this this kind of goes into that. But like, how does it feel for you being able to impact those kids' lives every day? Not even just in the sports world, but just like as maybe a big brother, they look up to you, or even just a friend they can come talk to. Some because you, I know for me, I'm more like the cool coach down here where I'm at. Yeah, we in the same and so I'm sure for you, you kind of the same way. You know why? Because we both good dudes. You know what I'm saying? We we have both both have good values and they look up to that. Man, kids look up to a lot of stuff. People don't understand, man. They pay attention to a lot of stuff. And I didn't realize that until after my first year of coaching and teaching. You know what I'm saying? Like like I said, I'm the cool coach. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm Coach Williams, Coach Coach Z. I'm the one like, hey Coach, man, help me do this, man. Coach, hey man, help me out with this. Yeah. You know, they know I know what they what they what they trying to accomplish, you know, I've been in that shoe. We're not too far detached from them. Yeah. Or the age goes. Like you said, it's a different generation. This generation is com- completely different. They, they cut different now. And by cut different, I just mean they couldn't all of them could not stand the type of authority or type of uh things that were demanded of us while we were their age. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's the fault them or who the fault, but it's just a change in time, you know? But it's not all bad. Like you said, you learn a lot of, I learned a lot of stuff from them. Um, a lot of good stuff at that. So, um, just being able to impact them every day, bro, whether it's in the classroom. I got kids that I see every day in the classroom going to say, hey, Coach Williams, you know, whether they're a player or whether they're a regular student, I look forward to that, man. Just being able to say, hey, how you doing? How your mama doing? How your family doing? Everything good? You know, to have, you know, kids want to talk to you one-on-one. just about situations they might have going at home, man. These kids have so much going on. It's crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, my, I've been eye-open. I had friends in high school that had a lot of stuff going on at home. But, man, I can only imagine now, like, just listen to some of these kids. They had us beat, man. That's a lot of more stuff yeah. they have, they're having to deal with. You know, and I, don't, I graduated high school in 14, so, like, it's 21 now, you know what I'm saying? Almost seven years. So, uh, I done, I done had, you know, like I said, kids come up and ask me about stuff or advice about this and that. And I'm like, bro, I was not thinking about this at, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. So just being able to impact them and to be able to somebody that they look up to and trust, that's the biggest thing. You have to build a kid trust. I think I build every kid I ever say hey to. I think I build their trust just because of the way I care of myself. You know, and the way that I want them to carry themselves on a daily day basis, and what I demand of them. So yeah. just being able to be that, be that impact, be that light on those kids, man, it brings joy to my life and my day uh, every day. You know, yeah. every day I go to work, man, it's it's a, it's a, it's a great day. So yeah, same same for me, man. I I just love it, bro. It's it's something different yeah. for me. It is, it is. And at first, I didn't know if I was gonna like it, man. Like when I first took the job, I was like, I gotta teach, <sighs> I gotta do this, I gotta, you know. I've grown to love. Uh, uh, excuse me. I've grown to love it, bro. Yeah. Um, it's been a great eye opener for me. It's been a. It got me out of my comfort zone, which is a good thing. If you're not, if you're not, you know, stressing your comfort zone each and every day, you're not getting better. And I think this experience has got me better as an individual and a man. So. For sure, man. W- one more question before we get up out of here. Uh, is there any advice that you would like to give any high school athlete, college student athlete, or just life advice in general? There's just anybody who, you know, may be struggling with any kind of life problems. Just some, you know, encouraging words or something that you would like to leave on the podcast today. Uh, 
I'll leave a scripture, man. Proverbs 27 and 17. Uh, and long story, not long story short, but just to shorten it down, iron sharpen iron, man. Surround yourself with people that have the same drive, same goals, same mindsets, same ambitions, whatever it is, surround yourself with with those type of people. Mm-hmm. As a young generation, I see a lot of people like front runners. They or they want to be followers. They want to just see the cool kid just tug on their tail and do whatever they're doing. Don't be that guy. Break off or don't be that girl. Excuse me. Like break off. Find yourself. Find your group of people. Whether it's one person, two people, three people. It don't have to be many. Keep a circle small if need be. You know, until you learn how to handle a bigger circle. Um, man, just branch off and find yourself. Find your drive. Find your why. A lot of people say, what is your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. You know, why are you trying to make good grades in school? Why are you playing sports? You know, you know, find your why. And I think your why will um will kind of reveal the rest of it. You know what I'm saying? So if I had to give any advice, be your own person. Always be yourself. Um, You know, you, you can never go wrong with being yourself. Let people know from day one they meet you, like, this is me. This is who I am. Either you're going to accept it or you're not. You know, so many people try to change for other people, especially kids, man. So easily influenced. No, be yourself. Be on set. Don't be. Don't try to be cool or try to do this for somebody else, man. Really, just be yourself. Like I said, surround yourself with great, positive people, positive energy always. And like I tell my students each and every day, man, something great will come from that every time, bro. Something great will come from that every time. I don't care what the situation is. Something great will come from it every time. Oh, man, like I said, you just, you just can't go wrong. You just can't go wrong with just surrounding yourself with, with great people. Uh, building a different mindset. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, stretching your your, your your comfort zone. Stretch your comfort zone every, every day if you can. And that goes for a high school, a college student athlete. You know, embrace the grind. Embrace the grind like being a college athlete is a blessing. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing that's given. It's a privilege. Mm-hmm. But that thing can be taken away from you at any second, any whether time. you're in the wrong place or the wrong time. Coaching change. Coach displeased with your performance. People don't know that once you sign with a school, like, you got to sign a scholarship back every year. Yeah, It's not a four-year agreement when you sign that. You got to sign that back every summer before that season when you're talking football. Coach can say, nah, man, I think we're going to go to this high school kid. that you go, kid, man? We're going to go ahead and let you go. Your scholarship, too. That's the reality of it, man. College athlete will reveal a lot of stuff to you. It's a, it's, a, it's a great game, but it's a dirty business at the same time. That makes sense for a lot of people. So for my college athletes, man, just follow your course. Follow your heart. Do what makes you happy. I had to do the same thing. Like I said, at one point, I wanted to leave Birmingham so bad. Felt like I was getting short in the stick every time. Everything I was doing, felt like coaches were taking my kindness for weakness. You know, I was always agreeing to do this, do that. I never said, man, I'm going to do what's best for me, what I think is best for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So be your own person. Stand on your own ground. Stand on your own ten toes. You know what I'm saying? Find what you want to do and continue to do that. Um, And I think that just applies. I, I take that advice and apply it to life in general. Mm-hmm. Like I said, for my high school, college athletes, or just, you know, regular person listening to the podcast now, man. Just, like I said, find your why. Surround yourself with, with, with positive people. Iron truly sharpens iron, man. You surround yourself with those type of people. That's what will rub off on you and, rub, and you'll rub off on them. 
Um, and like I said, just stay on your own 10 and, and do what makes you happy. That's a good word there, man. Well, that's all for today, man. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, big bro. You know, love, it's, bro. you know, it's all love this way, man. We got the same, same coming together for coaching, man. We got to just get it together, man. We, yeah. Like I said, like I told you that day, man, good luck to you. Appreciate you know, it, man. Both our teams are ready to make this playoff run, man. So. For sure. We got to make some noise, man. I'm going to be yeah, I'm gonna be looking into yours, man. You keep in touch with me on our season, bro. And we'll get oh, together, yeah, no man. Doubt. You know that. But, but so, man, and on that note, this is the end of the podcast, man. I appreciate you again, Big Zach. You know our love. Peace, I my love, brother. Bro. For sure.